Hi, I'm Sandy, and this is episode 16 of my quarantine podcast. I'll let you in on a little secret. I recorded these introductions after episode 5, so I don't know if I'll even make it this far. If you've heard the next minute before, you can skip ahead now. I live in Cefalu, a small town in Sicily, but right now I can't leave my apartment, thanks to COVID-19. What I can do, fortunately, is talk to people all over the world, and that's mostly what I've been doing. I started with friends, and now it's evolved into the needlessly complicated task of making it to 100 people in 100 countries. You can find out how I'm getting on at www.quarantinepodcast.com or follow me on Twitter at QuarantinePod. If you enjoy it, and I hope you do, you can help me out by spreading the word. Please share the site, say nice things about the podcast on your platform of choice, and if you live somewhere I haven't covered yet, drop me a tweet at QuarantinePod. I started out introducing these episodes with the sound of my neighbours singing from their balconies, but they've stopped that habit now, perhaps for the best. So instead, here's another group of people somewhere else in the world doing the same thing. Good evening, or good morning, good afternoon, welcome. My name's Sandy, and this is day number 32 of my personal quarantine. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm joined by Jen, who works in a bear sanctuary in Cambodia. How are you doing, Jen? Very good. Thank you for having me. Not at all. It was worth it already just (laughs) just to be able to give that introduction. (laughs) Um, we will definitely come back to the bears in one second awesome. we've also got um alexandra who's an actor and a translator and an all-round tv production person genius in budapest in hungary how are you doing alexandra very well thank you thanks for having me no it's lovely to see you again and back for a second time he liked it so much he couldn't resist coming and bringing a friend, uh, Jen's mate, Art, in Northern Ireland. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? All the better for hearing your lovely voice. Are you still Are you still a teacher, illustrator, writer, music I'm, video maker? Sure. I've added that <laughs> last one recently. <laughs> we should talk about it in a bit. Um, <laughs> So, Art, you introduced me to Jen. Let's yeah. jump straight in. Um, Jen, how did you come across this charming Irishman? Uh, so, I manage the volunteer programs for uh, our sanctuaries, and Art was a volunteer that joined up uh, late last year. It's uh, yeah, October, October, right on your round-the-world right. trip. Um, so I actually managed to rope him into volunteering at not one, but actually two <laughs> of our sanctuaries. So I'm based in the Cambodia sanctuary uh, and Art was with us for uh, one month. And then for yeah. his last week, he came over to our Vietnam sanctuary to volunteer there oh, for wow. a week. And very yeah. persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too hard to persuade me. <laughs> it's, I don't know it sounds... Country. Sounds like an amazing project. How long have you been working there? 
I've been in Cambodia for about three years now. Yeah. Cool. And um, are the two projects either side of the border? Is it is it that they're geographically connected, and so there's a bit in Cambodia and a bit in in Vietnam, or are they two separate organisations who who work together? Um, so each of the sanctuaries, so we actually have three. So we have one in Laos as well. So Laos, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Um, each one's run by the same organisation, uh, and each one was established based off the need for rescuing uh, bears. Moon bears and sun bears from the illegal wildlife trade. What's what's the name of the organisation? It's Free the Bears. Free the Bears. Yes. <laughs> Free the Bears dot com. Uh, Free the Bears dot org. Dot org. Free the Bears dot org. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know loads more about these bears in a bit. Um, uh, Alexandra, we met in Madrid about six years ago. Is that right? I think at least six, if not more. Yeah. You you lived in Spain for quite a while. Is that right? Yeah, I lived in Spain for about eleven years, and mm. then I moved to Budapest about three four years ago. So where where are you from originally? Wow. Okay. So um, a difficult question. <laughs> it's a it's a difficult question. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in Budapest, Hungary. Right. But I grew up between the U.S. and Hungary because I had family um, in the U.S. So I sort of grew up between California and Hungary. And then I lived all over the world, but a long time in mm. Spain. So what um, what took you to Spain and what made you stay in Spain? Um, I went originally to Spain for a study abroad program. So I was supposed to be there okay. for a year. Um, <laughs> and that year turn into 11. Um, so, um, yeah, so I basically, I don't know. I felt at home. It was just home Yeah. as none of the other places I lived ever felt like that. And I just, I arrived and, um, stayed. It's and funny, isn't up, it? Yeah. I think, I think so many people who, right, exactly. You, you <laughs> travel around, you see a bunch of countries and then one of them just goes, just mm-hmm. tugs at your, your shirt sleeve and goes well you could just stay here for a bit (laughs) yeah is that is that kind of what happened with you in in Cambodia Jen yeah it was supposed to be 12 months and then it turned into two years and it's three years and uh, I don't have any plans to leave anytime soon so (laughs) it's probably just going to continue rolling on for a while (laughs) I really really clearly remember when I started the second job that I did overseas because growing up I was I wasn't into traveling at all um and I was about 27 when I took a a job doing a tour in Italy and then later that year took a job doing a tour in Spain and it was a nine-month contract which seemed like a really big commitment and my boss picked me up from the airport in Madrid drove me to my uh to the apartment they they'd found for us and uh, he was saying, oh, you know, loads of people come out here for, for a year and they end up staying. We've got people who've been here for like 10 years or whatever. And and I remember really clearly thinking, mm, no, that's that's <laughs> not going to be me. I'm not that kind of person. And I ended up doing four years in Spain. So, <laughs> um, Alexandra, we met doing 
doing improv classes are you still doing any kind of improvised performances or have you moved into scripted filmy type things more scripted film and tv yeah less improv although i still love it but less Mm. of that and more you know um film tv theater but less improv what um what have you been been working on recently um as an actor, I uh, the some of the most recent things are um, a Netflix show called The Witcher, or wow. um, a Netflix movie. Cool. I think it's coming out this year called um, Outside the Wire. So more, um, yeah, that kind of stuff. And I worked really for an cool. Amazon show called Hannah. I think they were shooting the second season somewhere else because a lot of this was filmed in Hungary. I was going to say, is there is there a big film production industry in Hungary? There is a big service industry in Hungary. Not so much local productions, although, of course, those exist as well. But um, there's a big um, service industry. So American, British, just bigger, smaller co-productions are mm. filming here a lot recently. A lot. Wow. Um, it has started, you know, it started quite a while back, but in the last 10 years, it's been incredibly busy. That's really cool. How long have you been back there? Um, four years-ish, three and a half, four years, basically. And I haven't, I haven't been, but the one thing I know about Budapest is that I should ask, do you live in Buda? Or do you live in Pest? <laughs> um, well, that's, uh, I live in the Pest side. And the pest sides. Is that's that, the cool. That's the cool side, right? And then the castle. Um, I was going to say that. Actually, <laughs> both of them. You know, both of them are cool. I mean, it. I don't think that exists anymore. Both of them are cool. But I live on yeah. uh, on on the pest side, um, kind of closer to the center. Although there are lots of different yeah. centers now. So, but yes, I live in the pest side. Yes, yeah. it's nice. the more touristy one. And then the castles on in the Buddha side, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Cool. Although it has become a lot more um, kind of cool and chic and hipster or whatever the Buddha yeah. side lately. So who knows? Oh. I feel like I should go now. It's a nice I kind of, city. I, I can I, recommend I, it as an outsider. I think you should go. Definitely worth a visit. Yeah. I mean, you know, once it will be possible. Um, but yeah, you should definitely visit. It's uh, for a couple of days. It's a it's a great town. Has the the work, sorry, I just, I'm doubling back quickly, but I meant to ask, the work that you've been filming, Alexandra, has that been in English or Hungarian or a mix or Spanish? Most, actually, the funny thing is that I have worked and I work mostly in English or Spanish, mm-hmm. um, even in Hungary and very little in Hungarian. And wow. I'd be happy to work in Hungarian. You know, it's not about that. It's just it's a very close sort of uh, community. Um, and I, you know, I didn't live here for a long time, so it's very hard to sort of enter. They're kind of clicky. Oh, you just, you just have to make do with big international productions instead. Their loss, their loss. Is there, the other thing I was going to ask is, is there any one particular production that you've worked on that you really, like if someone is listening to this thinking, I'm interested in, in Alexandra's work, is there one thing that you're really, really proud of that stands out that you'd like people to check out? Um, 
I think uh, the Netflix movie that's going to come out soon, although I haven't seen it, so I don't know, you know, <laughs> what's it going to be like. But um, it was a really fun job for me to film. It was because, uh, um, uh, um, yeah, it was a lot of action involved. And uh, I, I hadn't done a lot of that, you know, like bullets flying around and, you know, like big explosions and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it was a new thing for me. So um, I kind of I'm kind of really excited to see that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. We so you were doing like stunt work or? Oh no 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 no! I'm nowhere near that cool. No, um, just you know, just it's pretty cool. You, you know, you've... no no, the stunt people are incredibly cool and oh. they're wonderful and they're very talented and they're literally risk their lives. I just sort of you know had fake blood on me everywhere and sort of ran around and you know. <laughs> that's uh, I really that's... want it. I really Less want to see cool, this. but it was still a lot of fun. Um, what was it? So, yeah. What was it called? Outside the Wire. It's Outside a Netflix the wire. movie. Right. Cool. Keep an eye out for that. Art man, how how are you keeping? We last spoke about three weeks ago, I think. Something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we last we last spoke on the on the podcast about yes. three weeks. Ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I can't believe that it's been that long you said are you in day 32 of your quarantine you yeah said? yeah it's day 32 since i was officially told i wasn't allowed to leave my apartment right, yeah. um, and i'm actually at about 35 days worth of not right not having any contact with people yeah. um except through this what about you how how long how long have you been stuck home um well, I guess it's been over three weeks. I can't, I can't remember what date we were actually told an official quarantine lockdown type thing started here. I would but, have long since forgotten here if it weren't for the fact that I picked yeah. up this habit of introducing every, every episode by saying <laughs> yeah. what day it was. There was a group in the middle of the ones that I've recorded where I was completely making it up. And then, <laughs> then I, thought, I thought like some of these don't even go in sequence so i need yeah. to kind of work this out and, and be a bit more a bit more accurate um you know for for historical record and posterity and all the people who'll be listening to this in the smithsonian one day um <laughs> when the quarantine podcast is part of a syllabus somewhere on uh, on contemporary history yeah <laughs> it'd be it'd be an interesting starting point i'd yeah. study it um so how have you been? How have you been filling your your days if you're not able to get out the house? Um, well, I mean, thankfully here in, for me at least in the UK and particularly in Northern Ireland, things are a bit calmer than in other parts of the world, especially in in Ireland. I think compared to, compared to the rest of the UK and then compared to other parts of Europe, like we can still leave the house i can still go for a big long cycle if i want or a big long walk um so i've been doing a bit of that i've been in my gardening phase this week so um did a lot of weeding and uh yesterday planted some flowers for <laughs> so, this is the so i'm back living at my mum's house and she moved into this house um eight years ago almost uh, so i was already <laughs> I haven't actually lived here before, really, because I had already left for uni and I've been back and forth, but never actually lived here for any length of time until now. Um, so I've been 
trying to do a bit of work for my mum on, on the garden because the two things she's wanted to change since she moved in was the garden and the kitchen and neither have really happened. So I'm trying to you work on the, the garden. Now. The garden would be a, an easier place to start than the kitchen. Yeah, I don't think I'm qualified to <laughs> renovate a kitchen, funnily enough. <laughs> I didn't know you were qualified to, to re-landscape a garden. But, well, uh, um, you know, after was, my, my recent experiences in Cambodia, I did a bit of landscaping there for Free the Bears. <laughs> no, <laughs> really. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a Just gardening. Impromptu gardening. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, so we were just like clearing up sort of the side, the side of the roads in the, in the park and planted oh, right. some, some shrubs. And uh, I think it's probably a similar level of high quality gardening that I've been doing here. <laughs> Jen, Most I was, of those I was... plants are still alive. Well, that's good. But that's good. Monkeys you go. take a few, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do, do you um do you do the bears tend to eat eat everything eventually or uh no I mean because where they are so they have um, naturally forested enclosures. And okay. we have, at our Cambodia sanctuary, we have 120 bears. So uh, a lot of space is required. <laughs> um, so they all get different diets every day. So they are naturally foraging animals. Yeah. Um, they spend most of their day, if not all of it, looking for food. And aside from that, it's sleeping, really. Um, yeah, so they're relatively easy to keep entertained especially when food is involved low maintenance bears yeah um i've i've got to ask how did you come to be working in a bear sanctuary in cambodia i mean did you always know that you wanted to work with bears or uh i always wanted to work with animals uh since i was a little kid uh but uh, when I was growing up, my dad told me that uh, working with animals was a hobby. It wasn't a career. So I had to get a career first and then I was allowed to go and do what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I, I achieved that. Um, and yeah. thankfully now uh, he, he sees it differently. He understands that it is a career. Um, but I studied uh, with Taronga Western Plains Zoo in Australia, basically a zookeeper course and then after that I came to volunteer at Free the Bears and then uh, went back home joined like a fundraising group and ended up securing myself a job to come back and run the volunteer program that I was part of so all tied in nice like together amazing <laughs> package to yeah. combine Very the, cool. the, the nature and the activism and working with people who are really presumably inspired to be there how was how was art was he was he all right as a volunteer uh, it was a joy <laughs> it was Shucks. really lovely to have for, for the month such it's really nice for me because i meet new people almost week to week and mm. it's probably around it's got to be somewhere around 400 plus people that i've met over the past three years maybe from all walks of life so it is really refreshing and nice when you have someone that's staying for a longer period of time you mm. kind of get to know and then end up being friends afterwards obviously so <laughs> it's really good yeah. how, how long were you there in total man uh so yeah four weeks in cambodia and one in vietnam all right um i see 
I definitely saw a lot of similarities between Jen's job and what we did together in Italy, uh, running the training for tutors, because you get new groups coming in sort of on a weekly basis. And especially whenever I was doing the seminar job and I had actors coming and living in my apartment for a couple of weeks, so it's the same sort of deal. Like Jen lives yeah. in the volunteer house and has them coming in for however long and invading her space and that can be I'm, good and bad <laughs> i'm glad that's the direction you were going in i thought you were going to draw a comparison between italian nine-year-olds and uh sun and moon bears um one of the first things that i remember you telling me is that your name art mm-hmm. is not short for arthur as i originally assumed but is an irish name meaning Bear. Meaning yeah. bear. Really? Oh, yeah. that, you never told me that in the whole four weeks, <laughs> five weeks. You stayed with me. Wow, yeah. I thought that was that going to be the cool. first thing. I was expecting. I was expecting <laughs> you to kind of roll your eyes and be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. Uh, that would have been the opener in the email, the inquiry email. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? Funny coincidence. No. Oh, okay. Very cool to know. I think that did come up in conversation in the first week, but it was probably one of the times where you'd taken yourself off into your bedroom and I was socialising with the other volunteers. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. (laughs) It's tough, isn't it? I mean, I, I I can relate to that, that idea of, I guess anyone who's lived abroad knows what it's like to make friends who come and go, but if it's every single week yeah. a new arrival a new group arrives that's got to be quite um it's got to be there's a point where as it as wonderful and lovely as they might be individually they must start to blur into one a little bit <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i think there's uh, uh something about how many people you can remember or how many names and faces uh-huh. you you can keep i think it's supposed to be something like 150 um but yeah definitely there's people that I remember in a second and then there's others I'm like oh I have to go through the memory bank in my brain to try and and piece uh, together when and where and who yeah I've got to ask oh no go on oh no just Sandy um with the the training in in Italy how we had um because of the recruitment process that the company we worked for uh we had a a standard kind of beige um irish girl that they all just kind of blended into one that had no personality and did not stay in the memory um so i think there's maybe maybe we just didn't have time to get to know everyone as individuals well, that too yeah <laughs> a little bit of both little whenever both. there's a hundred cheaters that you're training in one week maybe not but... <laughs> yeah jen i've got to ask the the sanctuary at the moment presumably relies a lot on volunteers who are traveling around in this moment of disastrousness that's uh, that's that's raging all over the world how has cambodia been affected and how has the the sanctuary been affected cool so um i guess for cambodia in terms of uh, cases it's been relatively low but it's a developing country so um, things can be quite different um, to what they appear, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think here they've kind of taken the necessary steps. I mean, just 
the last couple of days, they've just stopped people from uh, traveling from uh, province to province. Um, and that's just ahead of Khmer New Year, or what would have been the New Year, which is a four-day holiday, which was supposed to start on Monday. So right. everybody would have been going back from the main cities uh, back to their home province, and that is waves of thousands of people uh, traveling from place to place. So I think they made the right decision to kind of postpone the holiday till later in the mm-hmm. year. Um, there's been, a, a, they've stopped travel coming into Cambodia um, and and in some cases uh, getting out of Cambodia has been very difficult as well for some. Um, but things are... How, how yeah. long has that been, been in place for? How long has it been hard to travel in and out? It's been getting progressively more restricted and that mm-hmm. also uh, depends a lot on the countries people are traveling to and their restrictions mm-hmm. so it's just kind of a flow-on effect sure. um, for me personally because uh, I was supposed to go back home to Australia for a month in April and it was very quick how things kind of deteriorated or yeah. just more closures very very quickly one after the other each condition changed and then it just stopped flights going out of Asia because they couldn't go into Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, for thousands of people that were trying to get home, uh, it probably affected them quite badly. Um, in terms of uh, for the sanctuary, I mean, we didn't really feel any major shift. It was, again, very quick. Um, from about December, everything was kind of normal until mid-March. Uh, and then I started getting like cancellations, people saying they can't mm-hmm. travel, um, they're concerned for their health, which is all good and well given the circumstances, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, we we really do uh, generate a lot of um, our uh, uh, funding from within the country. So we do things like tours of the sanctuary. Uh, we also have obviously the volunteer program which allows us to keep the sanctuary going day to day. Uh, We have different systems in place for things like their food and salaries for our local team to make sure that we're able to continue feeding the animals and to continue paying the staff. But Mm -hmm. it does get incredibly difficult and tighter and tighter in terms of uh, watching every single dollar. Um, And I'm sure that we're definitely not the only organization to feel it. I think any non-for-profit is just going to be hanging on to every dollar that they have and prioritizing um, as much as they can for the most important things. How many volunteers would you normally expect to have working with you at this point and how many have you got? Oh, so right now we have zero. Um, So we've essentially closed the volunteer program. It's not something that we wanted to do, but it's more so in the mindset and and looking after our local team as well, because um, obviously they're more frightened uh, of Westerners, whereas any normal day, they're so welcoming and lovely. But at the moment, Mm. everybody's just scared. Um, So it's, it's important to look after them and to remember that they don't have access to top of the line healthcare and hospitals and yeah. if someone in their family got sick um it can be devastating so mm. 
we need yeah. to look after everybody. It's it's an interesting picture of a country that hasn't perhaps had huge numbers of people with the virus at this mm. stage, but is has this delicate ecosystem that needs to be preserved. Um, I was struck by what you were saying about them cancelling the New Year celebrations. Yes. Because it reminds me in the, the very first episode of these, I spoke to a guy called Reese, who's art knows in China. He was in Beijing and he said that one just at a, a similar kind of moment in the spread of the virus in China, there were their new New Year celebrations, which again means a mass migration, people spreading all over the country. Um, and that was allowed to happen relatively unchecked and, and caused problems. And then a couple of episodes later, we spoke to Hadith in Iran and they were having their New Year celebrations. I had no mm. idea how many different New Year's there were, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's one of the things I've learned from doing this. Um, and again, there was this migration that was going on unchecked and, and causing problems. So at least there is a sense that maybe countries further down the chain are, are learning, learning lessons and taking more precautions. But of course, there must be a double impact of a reduced income and a reduced labor force. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Cambodia functions a lot of it is tourism and there are just no tourists or things are closing because uh, obviously everyone, nobody wants to spread mm -hmm. the virus or the risk of it. Um, even being open and operating can be somewhat controversial. Um, so yeah, it, it's a difficult one, but for a country that really relies on tourism, uh, it's quite devastating to the economy just as it is. So yeah. yeah. Are there any, I'm just curious because I was reading about um, some of the animal welfare implications. There was a case in Brooklyn where a tiger tested positive for the virus recently. And I know people who work in sanctuaries with gorillas and large primates mm. in Africa have had to close off access um, to, to anyone coming from the outside world in order to protect the health of the animals themselves. Is that a concern or, or not so much with, with bears? It's a difficult one. Um, I can't speak probably from the scientific side of it, but mm. uh, just generally, I mean, we have zero contact um, with the animals. Um, our mm -hmm. team don't often, don't often interact with people that are coming from different provinces. It's a fairly closed community. So really okay. the, the chance of transmission is probably quite low, but mm. it's probably still there as well. Um, though the, the beneficial part obviously, or the good part is that we do have zero contact with mm -hmm. the bears, uh, which is probably the easiest way to avoid it. Yeah. Probably mutually beneficial to have zero. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think everybody uh, hears there's the surge of using, you know, alcohol spray and hand sanitizer and washing your hands every five minutes. So that that's definitely caught on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's obviously shortages of face masks and the price of hand sanitizer increased a little bit mm -hmm. uh, in demand. 
but uh, everyone's trying to take the necessary precautions. So. Sure, sure. Um, Alexandra, what's it like in in Budapest? How, just to use that as a, a jumping off point, what's um, what's it like going to the shops at the moment? Is everything still in stock or have they gone crazy for toilet roll? Certainly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So basically I estimated that Hungary is about two, three weeks behind Spain or Italy. Although mm-hmm. this is just me, my estimation. I don't think that's actually true. It's probably mm-hmm. more weeks behind, although I'm not sure, but you know, because of the, current um political situation which in you know uh it's very difficult right now um mm-hmm. and basically the situation here is that there is not an official lockdown so it's not an official quarantine it's a restriction as they're calling it um so you are still allowed to go out even to exercise um um, you can go to shops, you, you should limit, um, and you should obviously, um, continue social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so it's still, it's called a restriction. It's not an official quarantine or a lockdown okay. and they are not, um, doing that right now. The government decided that, um, they just going to continue with this restriction, but this week is, um, um, is, um, well, like the Holy Week of uh, like Semana Santa in Spain, mm-hmm. you, we have that this week. So it's East, mm-hmm. the Easter holidays. Sure. So obviously a lot of people wanted to travel and, you know, go within, you know, to the countryside to this and that. So the individual mm-hmm. villages and um, uh, other towns outside um, of Budapest have locked their roads down in order to prevent all the tourists coming in from the cities Um, so the individual towns and their mayors, um, have been given power to do that throughout the Easter holidays, but it's only until the Easter holidays are over. Um, so it's, uh, you can still go to the shop. So it's, it's a less of a lockdown than let's say in Italy or Spain. There are a lot of, um, there are not a lot of people on the street, obviously. I, I do go out fairly often because I'm taking my dog out for a walk for walks several times a day. So that's my connection to the world. N- nothing else really. It's just mm-hmm. me and Zoe going for a walk. Um, so, um, so it's, it's very, it's, it, there's a little bit of everything as I'm sure, um, everywhere, but there are a lot of people who are not taking this seriously at all. And, uh, there are a lot of people like, um, you know, in parks, but I mean, swarms of people kind kind of not mm. caring at all so it's a you know it's a little bit of everything i you, i mean i always go with zoe for walks around my neighborhood because i do that four times a day um now i'm limiting it to three but i still need to do that um but um i must say that the majority of the times i'm surprised because i usually don't see the amount of people on the street um mm every day that I do now. So there are more people out on the street, which wow. obviously the weather is nice, et cetera, et cetera. It's springtime, but it's uh, people, a lot, I mean, a lot of people are very conscious and they do care. I'm not saying that I'm sure. I mean, I know people 
who are, you know, um, in quarantine in their houses, but a lot of people don't seem to care. Art, if you go out to the to the supermarket or whatever, and you, yeah, what are the numbers like on the street where you are? Um, well, I mean, I've not been doing any of the supermarket trips, but there are queues to get into them, apparently. Mm. <laughs> um, like, just because I think most of the shops here will kind of limit the numbers that are allowed in at one time. Um, mm. And so you'll, I think the queues pass pretty quickly. It's not like in some parts of the UK and other, and other parts of the world that are you're waiting for hours but um uh there are definitely a lot more people going out for walks now like it's funny that when you're not allowed to uh leave your house more people are leaving their house to go and exercise than they normally would (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so like we live right on the edge of town um and there's like 10-15 minutes away it's kind of country roads yeah and there's like one like close loop that takes maybe half an hour to do to walk, and you see a lot more people on that loop than than you normally would. Um, whereas if you go a bit further out into the country, um, then you're less likely to see anyone. But there's definitely more people kind of trying to get out onto the under the streets just to get out into um, get outside basically. And you're able to take take the bike out go for a ride in the countryside that kind of that's nice glad to hear that i was a little surprised yesterday morning Mm -hmm. i had to go to pay my rent and that involved (laughs) meeting yeah go on i just love that in italy you have to physically still go pay your rent yeah yeah sicily is sicily is old school in that sense That, that, that involved meeting up with my landlady on the seafront in a scene which felt more like a drug deal than anything (laughs) anything I've ever done before. Um, Which, which now, now I think about it does include one or two actual drug. No, forget (laughs) Um, But it it, it felt incredibly criminal, you know, kind of meeting up furtively at a distance, (laughs) passing over an envelope and she, bless her, I, um, she gave me the keys to the next door apartment, which she also owns, so I can get up to the terrace, which is oh. which is up there. Oh. Which nice. just changed my life yesterday. <laughs> because um, I got a tiny little balcony, but other than that, I was getting no no kind of sunshine or anything. Now I can sit up there and play the guitar and annoy the neighbours, or, um, or or think of all the things I can do on a computer that aren't actually getting my work done. Um, but uh, anyway, so I went out and it was the first time I'd gone out in the mornings for 34 days, 35 days. I'm not a not a morning person at the best of times. And the whole quarantine thing has only um, only pushed me further into being nocturnal. Anyway, so every every other time I'd gone to buy groceries had been early evening and the the town was deserted really spooky really quiet really silent yesterday morning i don't know if it's just an effect of being before the easter weekend Mm -hmm. or if it's always like this as soon as you get out of my little street which is very small and has been very very quiet suddenly i was amazed at the number of people there were 
And most of the bakeries, most of the fruit shops, most of the little kind of convenience stores had groups of five, six, seven people queuing outside, um, queuing with some kind of distance between them and mostly wearing masks. But still, I don't, I, I, I was, it's really a strange feeling to think that you know more about what's going on in like Eastern Iran or mm-hmm. Taiwan than you do about what's going on down your road. But I yeah. hadn't physically left my house. And so yeah. I hadn't, hadn't seen that at all. Um, Ale- Alexandra, I think it's as much as, as much as I try not to go too deep into politics with this, I do feel like the situation in Hungary politics of what's happening as a result of the virus is is perhaps more dramatic more pronounced could you just give us a little bit of background um to who's in charge in hungary and what's changing at the moment if it's not too depressing i mean do this in 30 seconds if it's the last <laughs> thing in the world you want to talk about no no no. i'm i'm, I'm happy to talk about it. obviously you're getting mm. my point of view um, um sure. so it's um the party that has uh, been governing, it's called, they're called Fides. Um, they're a right-wing party. They're been in charge, well, I don't, I'm not even sure, I think for over 12 years now. They're probably the worst you can think of, um, at least in my opinion, um, from every aspect. Um, and basically they've, um, they've destroyed a lot of things throughout the years. They've basically started a propaganda machine um, in Hungary. There is hardly any freedom of speech or press left. They literally um, killed those news sites, those newspapers that were against them or were liberal. Um, So, you know, they have been doing, so it's not just now, they have been for many years um, creating a autocratic... um, dictatorship mm-hmm. in my opinion um but now it's an official dictatorship because now they're ruling by decree which has been voted in the uh by the parliament last last week so now it's uh they're ruling by decree so they have absolute majority they already had three um three thirds uh two um two thirds of majority anyway mm-hmm. um and now they're ruling by decree so they're literally doing whatever they want with anything and everything um which, again, it's not that it's completely different from what has been going on, but now it's official. And unfortunately, um, the EU, due to the, or that's what they're saying, that due to this current situation, they're not doing anything about it, which mm-hmm. I do think they should. But um, the situ- so the situation, the political situation, it's really quite horrible. It has been quite horrible. Mm. But this, they literally just um, uh, sort of... Um, this virus situation and how they're handling it, which is another topic, but they just made the best out of it for themselves mm-hmm. and grabbed the power and grabbed whatever they wanted um, using and exploiting the situation and then exploiting the fact that no one can do anything about it. Because even if you wanted to, it's not like you can go in the street and you know demonstrate because you're yeah. not supposed to. So they're literally using this situation 
to advance their own agendas, which they've been doing for many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but crisis creates a kind of opportunity, doesn't it, for 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 someone to step in and and um, and capitalize. What about at a local level in in hopefully a more well, what's what is what is your experience of, of how the community around you are coming together away from the big picture politics? Um, what's been the reaction in, in your neighborhood? Um, there's a little bit of everything. There's uh, there, there are some really wonderful things about the community coming together. And there are really um, wonderful people. There are. Yeah. Um, which is which is a great thing. And I think we. I, I personally, I need to focus on that because otherwise I would just go crazy um, <laughs> reading all this horrible news all the time. But there are wonderful people, you know, who are off, who've offered, for example, there obviously there's no tourism. So and, and Budapest has been a tourism center for yeah. many, many years. So obviously all the Airbnb, all these are completely empty. Um, so a lot of people uh, who have who own Airbnbs and apartments have offered it to healthcare workers. There is a lot of fun, you know, so there's a um, people nice. who are gathering food for animal shelters because um, I'm mm-hmm. also sending some stuff to where from where I adopted my dog. Um, and so there's there there are great things about the community coming together, which is wonderful. And I think this is what we need to all focus on uh, the positive side. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, people are doing shopping for elderly in my neighborhood or even in my apartment because my apartment building is like a 10-story huge apartment building. So there are a lot of people who live there and there are posters out. Like, uh, if you need um, shopping and you want them, you know, you don't want to go out of the street, like, call me on this number, give me um, what, give me a list and I'll do it for you and then leave it at your doorstep. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of that going on. Uh, which is which, which is really great and very um, positive. And have you personally met anyone new as a result of this? Um, no. No, hasn't come <laughs> besides, up yet. No. Um, besides you guys now. Um, well, yeah, uh, there's, there's <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, so no, I haven't. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, knows? it's it's not the easiest time in human history to be going out and making new friends. <laughs> for a lot, a lot of reasons. Yeah. There's no there's no judgment. I was I was just just curious. Um, Jen, can I ask a similar question to you? How have? Uh, can you give us a sense of how big the population is in the area where you live? Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, is it small town, big city, middle of nowhere, hot in a mountain? <laughs> well, I don't have time to Google that answer. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's it's a little tricky because, um, I, yeah, there's a lot of people that travel from different districts to come to work. So, okay. for example, the area that I'm in is quite close to like we have uh small villages um which is still a few thousand people but they're spread apart and communities um but we also have on the main road which is one of the main highways we have a lot of factories uh garment factories uh so there are again thousands of workers but they are all coming and living from different areas do you yeah. know are those factories still operating at the moment so they have closed i think for the moment and that was mm-hmm. mainly they mainly do this around 
Khmer New Year, uh, which is, yeah, it's it's the national holiday. It, they typically close at this point, but because they've postponed the holiday, uh. I still think they've closed them, um, which I think the government timed quite well when they decided to stop, uh, to postpone the new year and to stop travel between districts, because mm-hmm. I think I saw some photos of just blockades of people trying to get out before get out of Phnom Penh or get out of different areas uh, before midnight when the ban came into place. So they were all trying to go home, <laughs> to go yeah. home and, and get back to um, the areas to be with their families over the what would have been the holiday. So it was very quick. <laughs> if, there's, if there's one lesson that I feel like people must have learned by now, it's that you can't put a travel ban in place starting at midnight. You have to have <laughs> it in place starting five hours before anybody knows about it because otherwise <laughs> everyone it's completely natural and and in yeah. some cases it's 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 it's, it's become the funny. story and the problem in itself like mm-hmm. in india they closed down the rail network to try and stop people leaving the cities but if people feel like they have no alternative to survive but to go back home they're yeah. going to leave on foot and there's these huge caravans of people walking unbelievable distances and that of course then creates creates more problems what about um what about the the locals who work in the sanctuary are they still able to continue presumably you know there's there are certain basic maintenance tasks for the sanctuary which simply have to be performed otherwise yeah angry um, so, yeah for, well exactly yeah so we, we have to keep operating uh we keep one keeper to one house uh most of the time anyway. So there's very little crossover, people working too closely together. Um, but in terms of operation, yes, we still have to go and pick up food from the local market every day. There's one person that does that, gets trucked up, gets prepared and gets delivered to the bears, um, making sure that their enclosures are, are clean and they have everything that they need. Um, and things like vet care still goes on. We still have vets, our local um local keeper team thankfully uh, quite a lot of our local team live quite close to the sanctuary generally generally they live um, in a couple of different villages no more than 10 15 minutes away okay. and they can take like back roads and things to get there which is very helpful for them <laughs> mm. uh, yeah so it hasn't disturbed the operation of things too much if anything uh, especially because we are we are still based within a larger sanctuary as well I didn't say that before but we are based within a larger sanctuary which they have other animals there which are taken care of um, by another organization and also by the local government as well which are all rescued or confiscated so their keepers have to adjust to the same thing um, everything is just kind of going on as normally as it can given the circumstances. What about what about your job? If if usually your responsibility is recruiting and mm. wrangling the volunteers, <laughs> what what it what does it become now if they're if you're not able to get volunteers? Well, thankfully for me, because I was supposed to take leave, I'm still taking leave, but I'm just not doing much with it. Ah, uh, okay. Um, oh, once as if they were yeah. gonna have you out feeding bears by hand or something. <laughs> well I yeah, so I mean, I've essentially in a kind of self-quarantine, I guess. Um, but if I want to go and help 
uh, help the keepers or help do food prep or enrichment for the bears, I can do that. Just let them know that I'm going to come up and I'm tired of being in the house. <laughs> yeah. How, is it, into rough numbers, is it, it's a small community. We're talking kind of a few dozen or... In terms of in the uh, park the, itself? The, 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 people, the people that you work with and that you're in touch yeah. with. The people that I'm in touch with, we have about 50 staff total. Right. So yeah. very small. Yeah. 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 So um, it, you said that obviously Free the Bears have stopped their volunteer program and the tours and stuff. Is the park completely closed to visitors or is it still kind of operating? It's, it's still operating. So, but there's so normally we would have locals can come and visit the park and, and go around, um, but there's very few numbers uh, at the moment, especially this time of year going into the national holiday. Again, what would have been the national holiday, um, there would be thousands of people that would be looking for something to do or somewhere to go and picnic or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the park is still open uh, for visitors to go, but it's very, very minimal amounts i have i don't know the exact number but yeah, yeah, yeah. far less than we would normally see coming is, through is there any way to to replace that kind of outreach work online do you think i mean just in the way that so many industries are trying to figure out whether it's including yeah. my own trying to figure out whether it's possible to do something like what they do using technology is is there anything like that going on or or is that it's really difficult uh it's really difficult for us we don't have a lot of resources to work with um mm -hmm. we do rely on a lot of our in-country fundraising so the volunteer and, and the tours becker tours um we we usually receive or have our wonderful volunteers we have volunteer groups in australia that uh, usually hold events and things like that uh but that's all been affected again because of, of the gathering. So you can only have two people in one place together. So yeah. it's, it's really kind of decimated um, all of our fundraising for now. Uh, the, the only way that we can really do anything at the moment is um, looking towards our supporters or looking for new supporters. Uh, people can join up to be a bear carer. And that can be for as little as $2 a month or $5 or $100. And they would be able to feed X amount of bears for that amount. So it costs about $5 a day to feed one bear. So people, 100 people do that. That's that's a lot of mouse yeah, fed. Yeah, absolutely. There's something small that we can do. So to find out more about that, people will go to freethebears.org. Exactly, yes. The so there's lots of different options and a lot of information and resources mm. people can check out, mm. see what they can do to help. And you can fundraise at home as well if you're, um, amongst your mm -hmm. family or your friends. Mm -hmm. um, get some bets going or something. <laughs> some quarantine-related <laughs> bets. Bets for bears. Bets for bears, yeah, exactly. Could you yeah. create some sort of like bear racetrack? You know, like, and then stream that. We should, we so should do like a, a webcam, <laughs> yeah. a yes. webcam, so and put stuff. a mango in the middle and see who, which bear yeah. will get yeah. that kind of thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
an idea to put forward. Definitely. <laughs> get, put a pit the bears to start pulling their own weight. Get them yeah. through. Uh, beautiful creatures. They're very photogenic. Just get them out on the on the Zoom streams and. Um, yeah. Exactly. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't think we haven't thought of it, but um, yeah, it's that saying about never work with animals or children because they're not reliable. So <laughs> <laughs> we don't know, don't know what's going to happen. Art, you've spent your entire life working with animals and children yeah, sometimes yeah. together. I started with children, then I combined them. Who's <laughs> up for um, a challenge? Just, so, just for a bit of fun. Um, I'm, I'm interested just quickly to ask you following on from that really this this idea that there's a, a very a team of very hard-working dedicated people who at the moment are are struggling to get the message out you've volunteered with free the bears before mm -hmm. in a in a minute or two like how would you sum up the experience what what did you take away from it i really shouldn't have just taken a bite of the scone that my mum brought me <laughs> 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 I thought it was ambitious timing. Is like, is like, <laughs> I thought you were Jen at first. <laughs> um, no, no, no. You're on the spot, Scott I mean, boy. It was, <laughs> it was an awesome experience for me. Um, I obviously had worked at um, a zoo before, but not really in the zookeeper role. Um, more working with people. So it was, yeah, it was a great opportunity for me to get to work with um, animals more closely. Um, obviously still no contact but um it was a it was a lot of hard work i don't think i've ever sweated so much in my life but it was really rewarding um trying to what was the what was the reward payoff moment well what, what was the time where you sat there and thought yeah i'm doing the right thing um i mean there were a lot of uh cute bear moments where you've made them enrichment and then you get to deliver it to them and uh, see them enjoying licking jam out of a out of a enrichment scone. ball or a scone or whatever yeah <laughs> um and yeah i mean i just really like that sort of environment where you're coming together with strangers and just hanging out and yeah. getting to getting to know people and just oh, i mean it was a great cultural experience for me too it was my first trip in asia and prior to going to cambodia i'd been in singapore and japan which probably two of the richest countries in Asia. So Cambodia was a real, quite a contrast to that. Um, yeah, and just the people there were really lovely. Um, uh, the other main contact um, that the volunteers would have, a uh, local Cambodian guy called Tol, um, he was <laughs> a good friend to me and uh, taught me a bit of the of the lingo, tried to learn a little bit of Khmer from him. Not that I learned that much, but um, my... Uh, my one phrase that stuck with me, not that I'm going to pronounce it correctly, but it was something <laughs> like Sramai Kamdak, which I learned out of necessity, um, and it means an ant bit my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> an ant bit my nipple. Yeah, that was, um, that was quite an experience too. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. yeah, it was awesome the, kind of. The yin and yang of nature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of, All uh, part of the experience. Yeah. Lovely, lovely, cute bears and vicious, bitey ants. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alexandra, just on that note of the ways that people can use technology to stay in touch, as a performer yourself, 
is there anything that you're taking part in or that friends are doing um, moving your work online? Um, there are a couple of sort of these challenges going on, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or something like uh, performing a 60 second monologue and stuff like that, but not, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's fun to do stuff like that. And I certainly enjoy it, but it's not, you know, we're just doing it for the fun of it. We're doing yeah. it uh, because we enjoy it. Um, there are a couple of things like reading um, out books out loud um, that mm -hmm. a lot of actors have been doing here. Again, just to do something and some people maybe 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 able to enjoy it and have some yeah. fun. So it's more like a, a volunteer kind of thing. So in terms of actual work, um, no, I... Um, not that I know of, not, not, I mean, maybe some people are able to teach online, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, uh, actor training and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I have seen some people I know, um, that who are teachers anyways, or who usually, you know, hold workshops and stuff. They, I think you can partially move that online. I think that's possible. Um, but if, unless you do that, or unless you already have students signed up and stuff like that um no i don't think there is a lot of that because especially you know the world of film and, and theater it's you, you've got to be there to actually make it yeah of um, course. Of course. so um so no not not none of my friends or none of the people i know um mm -hmm. and that includes also not just actors so not just performers i mean you know, thousands of people, for example, that I usually work with or uh, film like filmmakers, professionals, everybody crew. from the boom. Yeah, crew, like yeah. anybody from the boom operator to the production assistant. Um, none of them have anything at all. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, uh, depends on the country, but it's not like Hungary uh, is giving any help to culture. Um, and the arts. Um, it's su so. such a such a testing time, isn't it? And and on one level, you think, well, everyone's going through the same thing. We're all, you know, we're all being affected by it in some way. But then, just on a personal level, it's still a whole raft of extra challenges to get through each each day. Um, I'm interested to just throw this open to the floor. Has anyone got any little things? that they do I'm, I'm i'm particularly like the more the more tiny and petty and micro the suggestion the more interested i am in it right i'm gonna throw out the fact that i find i can i can make a day go a little bit better by making myself uh, a sausage sandwich i just <laughs> i discovered that sausage sandwiches are excellent comfort foods um <laughs> Has anyone has anyone got any other little rituals that they do to pick themselves up if if it's all getting a little bit heavy? Uh, I have a really random one. <laughs> Good. Um, <laughs> uh, my I, I had a, a friend of mine come and uh, move into the house, so I'm not like walking in circles alone. Uh, I do have my dog uh -huh. here, but she's, I need someone who talks back to me. Um, so we right. have a newfound enthusiasm for cooking, uh, which neither of us are very good at. Um, but, you know, we I have in many Cambodian houses, you have tiles on the walls, and tiles are great for 
drawing on and writing on. So um, we've been tracking uh, what we've cooked mm-hmm. every time we use the stove. <laughs> um, and we're tiles. keeping, yeah, so on, on the wall, we're writing down what we've been cooking. Like day one, we cooked this and this, uh, and we have a smoothie count. Um, because yeah. we, yeah, we have at the back of our house, um, we have this, and you'll be jealous because it's a giant mango tree and it's just kicking oh, mangoes down jealous. every couple of hours. So there's like mango banana smoothie. How many of those mango passion fruit? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> there's very little things, um, which is somehow become oh, a, like that. a bit of an like obsessive it, yeah. joy and at the end we'll look at it and be like look at all the wonderful food that we used and cooked yeah. with um and made all these things yeah a little what joyful. about what about you you other you, you two guys anything tiny victories tiny joys like that um <laughs> for me for me um i think you know, obviously ups and downs, but a lot of the times when it's the downs, um, Zoe, my dog, helps me a lot because she doesn't care about any of it. <laughs> and she's generally in a great mood mm-hmm. and she's just super happy that I'm there 24-7. So she's mm. partially living her best life, um, you know, besides obviously missing her friends because she's not allowed to play with other dogs either. So it's not like we're do you know. So that doesn't happen. Yeah. But besides that, she's like, this is great. I'm having so much fun. So um, so that sort of helps me get out of this because I she's just having such you know such a great time. And yeah. that it's yeah. nice to see that. I'm I'm totally mm-hmm. jealous, by the way. I'd wanna be her, of course. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I usually would want to be her anyway, uh, but now <laughs> especially. Um, so yeah, what that kind helps of, me a what, lot. What what breed of dog is she, or what's she like? She's a mix, uh, small, black, beautiful, uh, big ears, and huge personality. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, can you, can you can you sum up your dog in in that kind of style? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Art can do it better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Um, well, she's outside she's barking her lungs out at the moment. I can hear her. Uh, is she, but, uh, is she yeah. big? Is she an outdoors her mini? Type dog? Well, her no, name is dog. Minnie. Um, oh, she's... Minnie is a, a Cambodian mutt, if you like. Uh, she, well, she likes to sit and lie down and she crosses her paws and she stares at you and, <laughs> you know, she rolls on her back and, you know, legs wide open catching the breeze she's just so relaxed <laughs> she's, <laughs> she is, she's comfortable it's in either one of those two poses <laughs> um yeah she's uh quite she's uh, a character you, herself yeah definitely can you, can you complete the set have you got dog a dog in your house um yeah well i've had a recent addition to my life uh my so my brother and his girlfriend got a dog a few weeks ago which i only met two weeks ago when um, she moved up here and they moved into a caravan, um, which means uh, because they haven't sorted their plumbing out yet, I get occasional visits from, from them when they come to use our shower, our shower and um, I get a little doggy d- play date. Um, so Kana is a, a Samoyed pup, so like a white fluff ball, um, 
full of energy and uh, and life and um, loves a good wrestle. So the takeaway from this podcast is, if in doubt, get hold of a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've been. I think out. I think life is better with animals. Anyway, yeah, uh, agreed. I've I've got a picture of a giraffe on the wall. I guess I could give it give it a name. Um, like it might. <laughs> It might be the first step on a slippery slope. Um, <laughs> I actually, um, oh, go on. before we end, I had a question for Jen that I wanted to know if she knew anything about it. And like one of the potential upsides of the whole coronavirus thing um, being a potential positive impact on animal trade. Because obviously with the whole Ooh. pangolin source yeah. and the the uh, animal markets in china being where this don't, started don't make pangolin sauce <laughs> don't make pangolin don't sauce. make pangolin sauce. no uh, yeah but, no good question very good question i think i saw something about some legislation being changed somewhere but i didn't read enough into it do you have any knowledge on on what's potentially happening as an outcome of this I don't have any insider information, unfortunately, because there is so much being talked about. Um, so many organizations and platforms are talking about the potential for things happening. I'm not sure what the status of it is at the moment. I don't think uh, once this is all over that, you know, conservationists will be rolling over and letting it go um, yeah. to pick up, pick up uh, again. Uh, I do foresee that things will change, but the degree to to how how far that goes, I'm not sure. It depends on you know the powers in place in each country and uh, yeah, how seriously they want to take it for the future. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. I see Fingers some crossed. positive sure. like yeah, the the movement and people talking about it uh, has been incredible, and it's mm -hmm. definitely. Um, yeah, a lot of people are hearing about it. A lot of people are getting information that they had never even thought to think of before, or had no idea any of this was going on. So I am yeah. one of those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys, listen, we're, we're running low on time. Thank you so much. It's been really lovely, lovely, lovely chatting to all of you. I could do this forever. Um, <laughs> has anyone quickly got any songs that they want to suggest or any ways of staying in touch with your neighborhood? Because I'm always interested to hear these. Um, I think oh. um, Joe Exotic's I Saw a Tiger is an absolute banger. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Sticking on the conservation theme. I do love that. <laughs> yeah. One of uh, one of my absolute highlights of this entire this entire period was when someone told me that Google 3D animals mean that you can oh, yeah. on your phone you can see animals in your living space and uh, I spent about I'm going to say 45 minutes that may be on the on the conservative <laughs> side trying to take a good tiger selfie um, <laughs> with my with my best Joe Exotic outfit on and in the end pleased with the results <laughs> uh, any other any other suggestions. I keep singing Supernova a lot, but especially because part of the chorus goes like, Zoe, you're so Supernova. So I keep singing that to my dog. Who, and I'm a horrible singer, by the way. And it just comes constantly. So I'm singing like a lot more than I usually am. And I think my dog hates it. And I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> up until that point i thought 
I thought Zoe was the big winner out of Corona, but <laughs> so, nope, not so uh, much. And you don't uh, know what? Whatever. She's got to take it. There is nothing to it. <laughs> any any musical suggestions, Jen? Uh, not musical, but I did come across this fantastic Facebook group called uh, Bin Isolation Outing in Australia, and this is. Uh, because Australia is in, in lockdown. <clears throat> yeah. So people have been doing their, the putting out the bins one day a week and everybody kind of does it at the same time. Um, and they're all posting these videos of them doing it in different outfits and they're doing it to theme songs and they're doing it with smoke machines, like emerging from the garage, like the dads in heels no, and, and fishnet yeah. stockings walking down to the corner. I, honestly, if you need a really good laugh and you want to bond with your neighbours, I'm not sure I could pull it off where I am. Uh, but, uh, yeah, anybody else who has a nice, uh, uh, like if you're in a cul-de-sac or a few neighbours when you get together, uh, bin day. Uh, bin isolation yeah, outing. Bin isolation mm -hmm. outing. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic Facebook group. And people have been joining from all over the world. And there are people that post from all over the place of people doing all these crazy things, dressing up in costumes. And, and I, the best one I saw today was someone uh, doing a Rocky Horror picture show. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that Going sounds like a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fantastic. And there's no judgment. Everybody's this just is... getting into it, getting involved. It's great. I, I can't wait to see your effort, Art. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for coming back on. And thank you very much for introducing me to Jen. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the honor of being on the second time. <laughs> well, welcome anytime. Welcome anytime. Jen, so lovely to meet you. Amazing work you're involved in. Really fingers crossed that things um, start to start to return to some kind of normality at some point. Yes, absolutely. Thank you thank very you much so for coming much. on. Yeah. And Alexandra, thank you so much. So lovely to catch up with thank you again. Thank you. It was lovely uh, to catch up with you. And um, we're going to finish, as we always do, with a round of applause because um, I like it. And because <laughs> we, <laughs> it's just a, it, it's just a moment you cannot. But you, can, well, I suppose you could you could clap sarcastically. Don't none of you clap sarcastically. <laughs> Essentially, if you give a proper round of applause, it is it's impossible not to feel um, more positive than you did previously. And it's yeah. a way of showing appreciation to everybody who's working in the health service, uh, who are included without question every single time that we do this all the doctors all the nurses all the pharmacists all the porters everyone who keeps that running um who else would you guys like to give a shout out to and and send some applause to well um on thursday so in the uk we're doing the the weekly clap for the health carers on on Thursday evenings and I happened to be out for a walk with my mom on Thursday at about eight o'clock and as we were walking down the street the clapping just started right next to us like a um but behind a behind a behind a hedge oh, right. so <laughs> so first of all it gave me a, a near heart attack but then it felt like we were like doing a marathon or something <laughs> people were like as we were walking down the street everyone was clapping and we were clapping as well um so mine I guess would be for all the people that have done marathons in their gardens or 
the guy that um, climbed the height of Everest up and down his stairs, the people that are trying to raise money for health uh, workers uh, yeah. in their in confined spaces. So that, those have been some pretty cool stories. Great shout. Great shout. Um, Alexandra, anyone you'd like to throw in in particular? Anybody who's being, um, you know, compassionate and empathetic and responsible with anybody and staying home. So really to all these people. To the good guys. Um, And Jen? Yeah. um, Again, I'll I'll second um, what Alexandra said. anybody that's that's doing the right yeah. thing and uh, looking after each other um, but also for me personally obviously anybody who's working in in-situ conservation just keeping things going and holding down the fort um, for all the animals um, around the world um, yeah that's for me yeah nice beautiful and I'm going to throw in I was trying to think of, of people whose jobs are in the essential category who don't get brought up over and over mm-hmm. and i do not have a clue how the internet works as far as i'm aware <laughs> it's basically magic i <laughs> do not have a clue there are just there's just there's just words and pictures and sounds and uh, all the rest of it just just flying around like like dreams in the BFG. Uh, <laughs> make that happen. I don't know who they are, but thank them very 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 much. Because <laughs> <laughs> if the internet gets taken away, then I think I might go really truly bonkers. Um, so if you know sure. who's working in in technology, but particularly who's allowing me to still carry on these conversations and uh, and waste my time in many, many different ways. So um, thanks to Art, thanks to Jen, thanks to Alexandra, um, thanks to everyone in the medical community, thanks to everyone who's fundraising, who's being compassionate, thanks to everyone who's working in in-situ conservation, um, thanks to all the animals for being great, especially everyone's dog. <laughs> well, Yes. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.